Hello everyone, I'm so glad you could join us again. Uh, I, I'm Pastor Kai, I am the Assistant Pastor at Living Hope Community Church, and Pastor Mike has asked me to give this week's lesson, so I'm going to try and give a cohesive message. I had another sermon written out originally, um, but as God does, he put a completely different message on my heart. Um, and these are just some thoughts and ideas from me that I felt God has impressed in this past week. And recently, even though I am still very busy, I have found that I have more free time. It's been really strange because my schedule is usually go, go, go. And I found that I'm more often than not a couch potato <laughs> recently. Um, and with that, I've also found that I'm lost on how to be truly still before God because my schedule is so different. Are, are you guys experiencing that as well? The question for me in, in my free time with God has been what is God's will for my life? Has it changed? Will it change? Does it look different now than it did when my schedule was busier? And after looking online and talking to uh, friends and family, I've learned that many of us are struggling with this concept of what are we supposed to do? So let's ask together, what is God's plan for our lives? For that, let's turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. I think we've all heard that passage many times. And in the past, when I've read that, I have been downright offended by it. I, uh, there's something about it. I've definitely come to terms with it, but originally there was something about it that just rubbed me the wrong way. And that's because bad things happen in life. A lot of bad things happen in life. And when I heard this passage, especially when I was young in my faith, I heard that and wondered how that could possibly fit in with all of the bad that I've experienced and that others have experienced. If God is all-knowing and God has plans for me, why do bad things happen? How, how does this message go together? And obviously, some of that can be explained by free choice and free will, right? We all have choices that we can make. And oftentimes, people's choices, bad or good, deeply affect others. They affect those around us. But aside from the fact that others... Uh, having choices and them having an effect on me and it still lining up with God's perfect plan, is there another answer? Is there another answer to why bad things happen other than just free will? I'm going to share my thoughts on this topic and some of the things that I have explored. We live in a day and age where we have information at the tips of our fingers. We can just Google something really fast on our smartphones. In fact, I find more often than not that when my younger brothers or younger people ask me a question, I just say Google it because it's way easier for you to look it up than for me to try and explain it. 
And when we can't just find an answer on Google or from another person, we badger until we get that answer. We go through different methods to finding answers. Yet in our society, we are at a time where people completely lack empathy and feelings for others. We don't know how to level with other people. Why is that? Have any of you ever seen the show, What Would You Do? They propose these wild but completely realistic events. I only watch that show sometimes because the people on there just really bother me sometimes because there's so many people that when this crazy event is happening, just walk by and ignore it. And that bugs me. We know the risks that are out there. We know that human trafficking is an issue. We know that murder is an issue, that rape is an issue. There's so many alarming things. And the amount of people that just stand by and idly watch while a child is just getting snatched up is scary. But the risk of stepping on another's toes or intruding in another person's life, I think is what stops these people from engaging, from, from preventing, from getting involved. So again, why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. All I know is that sin has affected the world. And I know that bad things happen to good people because of that. And that might seem like a cheap answer. But I say that with confidence. Because I have faced the bad things. Everyone on our leadership team here at Living Hope Community Church has faced horrible things that have made us want to give up completely, wipe our hands and say, God, you couldn't give me anything. But we haven't done that. And the reason is found in the verses following verse 11 of Jeremiah 29. It picks up um, in verse 12 through 14. They say, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. So why do we at Living Hope Community believe that despite bad things happening to good people, that it can still line up with God's plan to prosper us and give us a hopeful future? Because God promises that when we call upon him, that when we believe with our full heart, we will find him. We don't just have this blind faith just going wherever the wind blows, but a deep conviction because God has pulled us out of unspeakable things. He has healed our addictions and our sexual traumas. He has pulled us out of the depths of deep depression and suicidal ideation, and he has healed our hearts from deep hurts that others have caused. And I'm just speaking about the staff here at this church. God's healing and redemption plan reaches farther than just those of us that are here. And I want to take this time really quick just to encourage my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to empathize with others that aren't believers, 
that when somebody asks you, is it God's plan that this bad thing happened to me? Don't immediately jump to the defense of God. God doesn't need us to defend him. But learn to empathize with that person. Learn to say, wow, that terrible thing has happened, and I'm sorry that you've gone through that. I've gone through a similar thing, or this thing has happened to me, and this is how God has healed me. This is how God has brought me through it. And point the glory back to him. We don't need to defend God. God has all the cards in his hands. A question I think of often when I think about God's plan from my life is what about my own plan? Does God's plan line up with my own? I know the elders in our church shake their heads because obviously you have to submit your own will to God's. But for a new believer or for a young believer, that's a daunting idea. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. I know this struggle firsthand because when I was a new believer, I kept hearing about submitting your will, submit your will to God. And as a young adult, I had absolutely no plans and no ideas of what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to do any of the things my parents told me to do because my parents told me to do them. That was the simple reason. But as a new believer, despite not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, I just knew that I wanted to live as closely to the Bible's teachings as possible. So I followed the advice in James 1.5. And I felt like God was calling me to ministry. And I was not uh, about that idea at all. I knew for sure I didn't want to go into ministry, so I wrestled with that thought. And just a side note, most people that are called into ministry, that, is, that was not their first plan. Most of us have other ideas of what we want to do with our lives, but that is where obedience comes into play. That's where you have to decide, is this calling that God's placing on my life, am I going to be obedient to it? Or am I going to ignore God and do my own thing? And that doesn't just apply to ministry. That applies to everything. My point in sharing this is that our will may not line up with God's. He may call us to things or places or ask us to give up things. And in my own personal experience, my will often doesn't line up with God's. But I've learned that that doesn't have to be a bad thing. In fact, it's made me more disciplined and patient because it may not be time for my plans and ideas to come to fruition yet. And through all of this, old and young alike have learned to ask the question instead, does my will line up with God's? And you may ask, going back to the topic of this sermon, how do I find out what God's will is for my life? First, find time to sit before God. We all have a lot of that now. Now that we are confined to our houses, we have a lot of time. So find some time, make time, and sit before God. 
through prayer, through worship, through a devotional, whatever. Make that time and then simply ask, God, what is your will for my life? God will answer. And when he does, when he impresses something on your heart, talk to other believers that you trust that can affirm or talk you through this, that can provide wisdom to your life. See, the Christian walk isn't meant to be shared alone. Isn't meant to be alone. It's meant to be shared with other Christians. We're meant to do life together. And if you are sharing the word with others, sharing the gospel with others, and it doesn't give them hope of living life abundantly and fully, then you may be doing something wrong. That's found in John 10.10. And I don't say that in a way to be condescending or rude. But as I look throughout scripture and I look at the example of Christ and the will that God gave to Christ of his God's plan for Christ here on earth. I see a man who was willing to call out sin, but was more than willing to build relationships and get on the same level as others in love. Nowhere in scripture do I see Christ thinking that he was better than others. In fact, I see him as being a servant to others, and that's found in Matthew 20, 28. I see him as breaking bread with the undesirable people. I see him washing the feet of those that others saw as unlovable. I see Christ reaching out to those to deliver good news, but expecting nothing in return. He left the ball in their court. And I feel like I kind of have to call out behavior I've seen from other Christians that preach a message of hate and anger in the name of God telling people to kill themselves, that they are a disgrace, that their sin is shameful and worthy of a premature death. Nowhere in scripture is that the message that we are to deliver. Nowhere in scripture does God command us to give that message. In fact, that hate-filled message negates the entire point of Christ's death. By preaching that message, you are saying that their sin cannot be covered by the blood of Christ. What kind of message is that? His death covers a multitude of sins and he redeems people. So stop with the hate and preach hope. I just feel like I have to make that little point because since we've been in quarantine and people have access to internet, I've seen a lot of craziness going on. People are coming out of the woodworks to be weird and unbiblical. So I just wanted to point that out really quick. Anyways, let's get back to the root of the message. Church, I ask, when is the last time you got on the same level as another person? Outside of your own little bubble of comfort that has been built. We've all built bubbles of comfort at some point. But I want to encourage you to step outside of that bubble. Make friends with someone brand new. Maybe in your job, your coworkers, or someone that you regularly see, whether on a jog or 
at a coffee shop. This is both life in quarantine and outside of quarantine. I'm just speaking as a whole. Wherever you see somebody, make a friend. But don't do it with the intention just to share the gospel with them. That's shallow and hurtful. I mean to build a genuine relationship with someone that is not like you, that is not in your normal circle that you run with. Build genuine relationships and invest in others. The gospel will follow. You know how I know that? Because when you're excited about something, when you're jazzed about something, you talk about it. I love talking about Jesus. I'll talk to anybody about Jesus. That's, I'm not, it's not a secret. I'm not like, ooh, this part of me, don't look at it. I talk about Jesus. He makes me so excited to talk about him. But I don't just build shallow relationships with people just for the simple fact to share the gospel. There's a time and a place for that, sure. When, when God places it on your heart to share the gospel, do it. But don't just create this superficial relationship with somebody. And I'm sure some people disagree with me on that, and that's fine. But that's, as a millennial, as somebody that, in a generation that craves relationship, genuine relationship with others, my advice is to build a genuine relationship with others. I know that from my own point of view, I would be so hurt if I found out someone only built a relationship with me to share their religion. Invest in the lives of others. Do life with other people outside of the church and let your love for Christ overrule your heart. I hope that this message today was encouraging for you, and I hope that you will talk to those within your circle and without them. Without. Within your circle and outside of your circle. <laughs> and I hope that you take some time to reflect on, God, on what God is speaking over your life. The worship team is going to finish out with some songs. Uh, and I'm going to invite them back up for an, another couple songs before I close us out in prayer. Before we go out on the rest of our week, I want to close us out with some scripture from Hebrews 13. It's verses 20 and 21. It says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through jesus christ to whom be glory forever and ever amen father there's not anything i can say that can top your message there's not anything i can add to it that hasn't already been added but God, what I do want to do is ask for your guidance within our lives. You have called us all to disciple one another. But if there's anything specific for us, for any of us, God, would you reveal it? I pray for those of us who are struggling in these uncertain times. 
with fear, with anxiety, with loss of jobs, with being stuck, with harmful people. God, I pray that you would put your comforting hand on us and that you would remind us to cast our burdens onto you. Lord, I pray that through this, we would continue to grow closer to you. And I pray that those of us that are building strong relationships with you now in quarantine wouldn't lose sight of that when we're out of quarantine. I pray that the relationship we build with you is genuine. And I pray that you would help us invest time in others. Lord, we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray.